go to buy shoes, you walk into a store, you talk to an informed salesperson, they give you great information about what's going to be perfect for you and your feet, right? Okay, we're going to find out more about that on today's episode of the Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to have a happy, healthy, strong body starting feet first, because, you know, those things are your foundation. And we break apart the propaganda and mythology, sometimes the straight-out lies you've been told about what it takes to run, walk, hike, play, do yoga, CrossFit, hang out with your kids, whatever it is you like to do, and to do that enjoyably and effectively and efficiently. Did I mention enjoyably? Yeah, I know I did. It's a trick question. I say it all the time. So um, I'm Stephen Sashin, your host for this. I'm also the co-founder and CEO of Zero Shoes. Go to zeroshoes.com for awesome footwear. And we call this the movement movement because we're creating a movement about natural movement, letting your body do what it's made to do. If you want to be part of the movement, it's really easy. Go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com. There's no secret handshake. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Basically, just share, leave reviews, thumbs up, like, hit the bell icon on YouTube, tell your friends if you're enjoying the podcast. When you go to uh, that website, you will also find all the previous episodes, of which there are like almost 200, I think. And then um, also all the ways you can find the podcast, all the ways you can engage with us on social media, etc. In short, if you want to be part of the tribe, subscribe. So... Um, Joe Burnham, welcome. Well, thank you. You might notice Joe is wearing a Zero Shoes t-shirt. Full disclosure, he works here now. We will get to that in a bit. But Joe, prior to working here, tell people what you did. I was a footwear sales specialist. No, I mean the part where you were uh, dancing in a Thai nightclub. Oh, well, that one. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so you were a sales specialist at a store. Let's just say it's a three-initial store. Yes. One that we love, but, you know, your story, I would argue, is indicative of many places. Um, I assume, I mean, since you've been talking to uh, the retail accounts that we have now, have you heard anything different than what your experience was? Um, If if anything, it's probably that our side did more as far as training goes. So I I feel like we received more training. He's he's putting air quotes on training. Okay. get to that. Well, I'm going to adjust this a little so you're, yeah, you're in frame better. Cool. Okay, so let's just start at the beginning. Um, well, I'm assuming growing up and uh, while you were growing up, the idea of selling footwear was a fantasy, correct? Oh, absolutely. What, what, who wouldn't want to? Is there anybody out there who doesn't have that dream? What young American boy doesn't say astronaut, then shoe salesman? Yeah, that's what it, I, I, was, I was getting in touch with my inner Ted Bundy. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I totally forgot. Holy moly. That is, you know, and that's embarrassing, but I forgot I actually wrote an episode of um, that show. Wow. So, um, a long story. All the things you discover on the movement. Yeah, movement. My, my, my episode didn't air. That's not, but anyway, <laughs> long story. Okay, so no. So you did not grow up wishing that someday you would be checking out people's feet, figuring out what shoe was right for them, and away we go. So how in God's name did this occur? <laughs> so I was actually at a point in life where, like, everything as I knew it had sort of fallen apart. Life was a train wreck. I needed some place to land and just some time to figure things out. Um, when you say life was a train wreck, please tell me your previous job was not train conductor. No, no, it was not. Yeah, it, was, it was not that kind of train wreck. I'm happy you were being metaphoric because it's an old Stephen. I think it's a Stephen Wright joke. It's like, you know, I'd like to die. When I die, I hope I die pleasantly in my sleep, unlike my father's bus passengers. 
<laughs> so I'm, I just yeah. totally destroyed that. It's a Monday morning, so I'm entitled to destroy a joke. So life had fallen apart. So it fallen apart. I was looking for a gig. Um, I was walking around down near one of their big stores in, in downtown Denver, and I thought, you know what? I remember growing up and loving the outdoors and loving getting outside and camping and doing all this kind of stuff. I should just apply there. I mean, like when I was a kid, I used to love it when we would go to the Organ Grinder Pizza Company. The hell is that? It was this pizza company on West Alameda, and right next door was the original version of this store. Sorry, I'm stuck on Morgan Grinder Pizza, so you know I have to ask. Did it have a monkey? Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, did you get to pet the monkey? Uh, I don't recall petting the monkey, probably because I was so obsessed with after dinner and after pizza, I would get to go next door and check out all the equipment and, and hang out. In the, so you were more obsessed with checking out outdoor equipment than petting a monkey? Well, at that point, I'd already like pet a koala and, and pet it's kangaroos. A and, it's a it, monkey. I know. Oh, man. One of my post-retirement fantasies is somehow getting to play with a baby chimp. Not the same as a monkey, but um, nonetheless. There you go. It's on my to-do list. So I'd say you... And who, who doesn't have that on their bucket list? Everybody that I know does. <laughs> um, and I have a whole story about don't pet the monkeys from when we were in India, but uh, and that's for another podcast. So all right, so you're walking around downtown. You decide, hey, let's I, I, I'm like, I, I see the place. I'm like, all right, I'm going to apply. And the, I went, they didn't even have like, like they weren't even like listing themselves as hiring at the time, but I went ahead and applied and thought I had some great memories there. At least it's a place to land and give me a little bit of time, figure some things out, that sort of thing, um, figure out what I want to do next in life. And lo and behold, they contacted me a couple months later and were like, interested in interviewing and so did some interviews and cycled. And they had like 500 and something people that had applied when they weren't posting a job. And they ended up hiring, I think, 16 of us when it was all said and done. Wow. And early on, I ended up getting sort of like slated in footwear. And I think some of it's because, so when we did this, we had a, our big interview, our main interview was a group interview. And so it was like 30-something candidates in the room. And I think they did like two of those. And we were broken off into teams and we had to like pitch a product. And somehow my group ended up just being handed a shoe and being told, we need to pitch this shoe. And it was, it was shortly before Steve Jobs died. And I went full on Steve Jobs Apple presentation mode. Like, I didn't have the black shirt on, but I, because I, you know, I didn't know what was happening. But I got there, I was like, all right, we've got all of our exciting news for today. We have some amazing new technological breakthroughs that are going to wow all of you today. And and as we get started talking about this fascinating Wait, new product. Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. He was never that animated. <laughs> I mean, he would just say it, but he was never that animated. And I think that there was a little bit of me coming through there. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't quite as... But then I started introducing, like, I would like to introduce you to our chief uh, soul engineering officer, so-and-so, who's going to come up and talk about the design of the the sole of this shoe. And then someone who's going to talk about the upper. And they went through highlighting all of these features as we we went through the process. Just imagine how different your life would have been if they had handed you a sports bra. (laughs) There we go. Um, We will not get into some of the questions I got asked while those shifts where I work in women's concerning sports bras, but I'll share with us another time. Definitely hear that afterwards. That, that'll be the, uh, the outtakes. So they called you back. They said, we want you in. And because of that, they put you in footwork. Put me in footwork. So the next step, they don't just throw you in, obviously. Yeah, they don't just throw you on the floor. In fact, they have, they have two 
training sessions for footwear that are like, I think they do 10 total hours. I think it was five hours a piece. So we had two five hours sort of marathon training sessions. Um, and not about marathons, just. Yeah. Yes. And so what did they actually teach you in those, in that 10 hours? So they, they sort of started with foot biomechanics. But really, they, they exactly. Uh, they talked about how the foot and, and in movement, they would talk about the foot as an item, you, you an, an emotion, a good gait. You come down on the heel and you work your way through the entire foot, sort of having a minor pronation and pushing off of the big toes, so it has sort of an angular movement there. And as your foot comes down, it basically, everything softens, it turns into a bag of bones to help it absorb impact, and then it, it goes taut to, to spring you off. And yeah, so that's that's where we began. Who was teaching this? It was actually a guy that had, and it, since then, this company has upgraded, upgraded their entire training, so it basically all follows the model that this individual had. But he grew up in a town that footwear was the industry that they did, and he had built the shoes and done all kinds of things with shoes like most of his life. Wait, hold on. How old is he? Uh, like, he's now like, he's about 60-ish. About now, so my age. Okay. Yeah. So he grew, oh, got it. So then he grew up in the era where everything you just said was already a generation deep. Yeah. Um, I mean, but let's assume he got his job when he was in his mid-20s, about the same time I was, um, so that would have made that whatever year, when did I go? So that would have been the early 80s. By that point, um, we were already into the idea of padded, elevated heel, motion control, art support, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so now it makes sense. If he was like 80 years old now, then I would say, well, how the hell did he think that? But okay, I, I guess. He grew up in that environment, caught all that stuff, got it. You know, swallowed the Kool-Aid, just believed what he was being taught because yeah, that's yeah. what we, and that's what I did when I sat there and I listened to him and I, and I heard all of this stuff and then realized, okay, so if you're if you're coming down on that, that heel and it's round and some people are, and I didn't put together the, the idea that, oh, it's because you're landing on something round that you're going to end up rolling off in one direction or the other. Well, there is, even if you are landing mid for a forefoot, there is a rolling, but it's side to side, not not back to front. So you land basically on the outside edge of your foot-ish, um, and then you roll towards the inside. So you start with what's called supination, outside of your foot, roll to pronation, and you do. The last thing, assuming you have normal feet and not Morton's toe, where your first toe is shorter than your second, you do, that last motion is your big toe, mm-hmm. which engages your arch. But anyway, suffice it to say, he's teaching what footwear companies essentially Talk. Yeah, yeah, and you guys are all drinking the Kool Aid. Absolutely, got it. And you didn't have any sense, it, like you just said, you didn't have any sense to question or think, well, what? Yeah, why would I? I mean, this is a guy that's been doing footwear for X number of years. Was had an amazing knack for looking at people's feet and could grab something, and they were thrilled with what they put on, you know, what he what he brought out for them. So had a lot of gift that way. And, and so I actually not just in those two sessions, but like in the weeks that followed, once I was out on the floor, I like kept myself in earshot of him, like religiously for like six months to just like soak up and sponge up as much as I possibly could. And and so the, the joke became that I was like the, the junior version of him and, and sort of became one of those key people on the floor. So when like people weren't sure what to do, um, they would come to me and ask me, what do you think about this? This is what's going on with the foot. It's getting this motion, that motion. All of us slow down on that. So like what kind of things were people, so other, other people selling were coming to you saying, how do we deal with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what are the kind of things they were coming to you with? Well, they would, they would come and it would be things like this person is complaining about some, some medial knee pain, or this person is talking about some, some aches in their, um, in their hips. Um, and, or it would 
would be. I just this foot looks like it came straight out of bedrock. What the heck can I put? What can we put on this thing? Or so yeah, they've been starting and stopping cars with their feet. Well, yeah. So when people would come to you with those things, how, what would you then recommend? I mean, what were you pulling off the shelf that was then making them go? You know, yeah, that sounds great, and handing you money, not handing you money. Yeah. Um, I wish they handed me money. Or, um, a lot of it was based on, for me, a lot of it came based on foot shape, like either the bedrock foot or like somebody who basically had like a toothpick coming out the bottom of their, you know, shooting straight out of their leg. Um, it was about knowing and understanding the amount of volume inside of different shoes and being able to sort out what is actually going to have enough room for this person, what isn't. When it was things like, you know, hip pain, a lot of that gets credited to like sort of over supination, so you're on the outsides, and so you put some stress on the IT bands, and so it was trying to find something that might invite people to not necessarily roll so much. Um, on the external side. If it was like in medial knee pain and stuff like that, it was more an odd of, a, of an overpronation. So how can we prop the feet up a little bit that way? Or how can we throw some, you know, some uh, post-market insoles or something inside of there? Just going to ask um, yeah. All of those kinds of things that are designed to fix and, and balance out, it was balance out these problems because this is how a foot is supposed to work and we're going to force all feet to work according to this model. Well, I'm guessing the, how do I want to put it, the proof in the uh, of what you're doing would be people putting something on, being in the store and going, yeah, that feels comfortable. It was, well, it was, it feels comfortable or I can move around and it doesn't bother me. I didn't even have customers who come back after the fact and go, oh my gosh, that is the most amazing thing. I don't hurt like I used to. did not. did. You did. Okay. I did. So I'd actually have people come back. And I would say now that I was just figuring out, okay, we, we created a problem by putting this elevated heel on here. And, and, and so we've created that set of problems. And I'm trying to undo all the problems we just made with the corrections that I'm coming after the fact. And sort of that's sort of how I view it afterwards is it's like, that's, that's how I view it today. No, that's, it's interesting. It's one of the things that I, I say is if footwear companies are, are doing such a good job, then why is there a multi-billion dollar market for for aftermarket products to fix the job that those shoes are doing. Because, yeah. um, you know, the shoe companies have had 50 years to figure it out. Why haven't they? Well, it, and, and I think they'd probably tell you that it's because we're all special individual little snowflakes with unique feet, and so we've got to get stuff that matches to your feet, although that doesn't make sense but, of why a post-factory insole that's exactly the same for every person you pull it off the shelf <laughs> would solve the problem. Well, it's even funnier because if that's true, then they should be the ones selling all the different insoles yeah. instead of instead of turning over all that money to some other company or some other set of companies. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a bit of a cognitive glitch there. All right, so you're, and th so this was going well for you, I take it? Yeah, I, I did very, very well in their model, and they liked me, and I was, you know, doing great in the store, and, and they were, you know, had me in as many hours as they possibly could, and so yeah, everything seemed to be going fantastic. Seemed to be. So it sounds like there was an inciting something, incident, or burgeoning something that made you start to think differently about what you're doing. Yeah, and it really all comes back to a then 12-year-old and a, one of those spinner wheels where you can win prizes. So I was hanging out. Does it at, also involve funnel cakes? No funnel cakes. Okay, so it wasn't a It wasn't a carnival. No, yeah. it was actually an outdoor retailer, a, an outdoor retail convention event expo for for um, retailers to, to come and, and discover all the new product and make place of orders and that sort of thing. Got it. And so I was I was hanging out with my kid. It was at the, the November ones, and they had a bunch of ski stuff. And my kid was really into skiing at the time. And so I wanted to, to bring him in to check out all the stuff and show it off. And, and so we're 
wandering around the rest of the show and checking things out, and then they see a spinner, and they're like, a spinner! And off the kid goes. It was like, you know, I'm just like, tailing behind them. Right. And so by the time I get there, they're already spinning away. Right. And they've got a couple of employees from this, this company talking to them. I think I know this company. I think you probably do. Would I be incorrect in guessing it was my company? Yes, it was your company. All right. Okay. <laughs> now it's all fair. It's all coming together. How did this, how did this spinner land the shoes? Anyway, so, so I'm like, you know, the kid's having a great time. I'm, I walk up, I start talking to the person who's standing in the booth. They start twisting the shoe around and doing all this stuff and talking about all this hyper-flexible movement stuff and, and being a super well-trained footwear-fitting professional right? Um, who'd been doing this at that point for like seven years because, you know, it was one of those, those transition jobs that just didn't yeah, quit. Just for a couple months. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm seven, just, you know, yeah. 84 months, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. I'm looking at these things and going, there is no way on earth I could ever wear that. And I would simply die if I tried to put that on my feet. I would be so freaking miserable. And and I'm not saying any of this out loud, but that's everything that's going through my head as I'm as the shoes being showed off to me. Right. And and But at the same time, staff people are being super cool to my kid. And they're like, oh, they want, they want a pair of shoes. You're going to have to come up to our offices because we don't have any kid shoes here. Oh, my God. And so they invited us up to the, the offices here in, in Broomfield. And I was like, all right, you were super cool to my kid. Kid's excited about it. Uh, we're going to go up. And so we come up, and uh, I try on some stuff. Kid so walks, you, you didn't try anything on it at a I didn't. I didn't. No. Because you're too, like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is ridiculous. This is not going to work. Day before Thanksgiving yeah. 2018, we come up here. Yeah. And um, I end up walking out with a pair of shoes, a pair of Hanas. So you put them on, what happened? Um, I put them on, I thought, well, that's interesting. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, it feels good enough now. I can I can stand on some of these balancey things, okay? You know, little slack blocks and other things that happen to be here in the in the try-on space. It's like, all right, well, I didn't have that like immediate wow, blown away moment. I think I had so much skepticism about the whole thing, but I thought, all right, I'll, it's enough. I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. I'll, right. I'll, I'll see how this works. My kid was like, I want them, <laughs> you know, and was happy as can be and running around and off to do whatever. And so, I, but I'm deeply skeptical. But I was like, all right, I'll wear them around the house for a little bit and see how I feel. And I was like, all right, that felt good. And I thought, well, I've got to go to a, a dentist appointment. And the dentist is within walking distance, so I'm going to walk to the dentist. And so I, I walked to the dentist and back and thought, okay, that, was, that wasn't necessarily what I did. And so I wore them more and more around. And then finally, about a month after I got them, I was like, all right, I'm just going to wear them for a day at work. And I am certain that I'm going to come home and my knees are going to be killing me and I'm going to be miserable. And, but I'm like, I've got to go and like find this out. I'm like, I will deal with misery. And, and, and that's true. I mean, like six months before I found the shoes, I attempted to run a marathon. Right. And, and made it to mile 17. And it was in one of those big, thick, cushioned, you know, yeah, super yeah. foamy super shoes. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and made it to mile 17. And my niece said, we hate you. We're done. <laughs> And they just were, I was, I was dying. And, and then I was like, all right, but I'm stubborn. I will finish this marathon because I said I was going to finish it. So I, I hobbled the last nine miles. Um, and I, but I made it. I finished. Uh, yeah, because that's the important Because that's the important right? just, I could, just finishing regardless of whether your body is going to tolerate. I, I couldn't get out of bed the next day. But I, you know. Yeah. Um, 
so anyway, it's like I can I can deal with some stuff. I was like, sure. I'll, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to find out how these things feel. I'm sure I'm going to be miserable when I got home. I got home that night and felt great. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm going to keep wearing them. And like a month later, I was applying for a job at a, at a different shoe company that embodies some of our principles, but not all of them. I'm not sure I knew this, but okay. Okay, yeah. Um, they do have that 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 foot shaped toe box going on. They are okay. Now I, know who, I didn't know you applied, but now I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah, okay, absolutely. And I got an interview or a callback or anything like that. But so wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You put on our shoes. You're walking around. You're feeling good. You go to work, and then you think it's going to suck. At the end of the day, you feel great, and then you apply for a job at another company. <laughs> What's going on here? Money, 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 money. <laughs> We pay money to people. <laughs> you do too. You guys weren't ready to hire at that point. Okay. I would have come over then, but you guys weren't quite ready. Okay. So anyway, I put on a pair of their shoes for a day, and even just having the cushion underneath my foot, mm-hmm. a few hours into the day, my whole body began to feel miserable and disjoined and out of place, and I'm like, this sucks. And I'm actually really glad I didn't get the job, because... You know, yeah, that would have been um, a problem. It would have been miserable. But uh, and so at that point, from that point on, it's been like nothing but zero. So what was it like? You're at this store. You're wearing our shoes. They are not selling our shoes. No. Uh, I imagine that might have started some interesting conversations, both from customers and from employees. So employee, yeah, employees were asking me about them all the time, trying to figure out what the heck it was and why I was wearing it. And how they were like, wait a second, this goes against everything we've heard you talking about and training us in and teaching us and, and telling us. I mean, they're like, what the heck happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was, there was that whole line. And so I had to start rethinking my entire selling process that way. And I'd have lots of customers looking oh my gosh where did you get those and so I'd be like oh these are from zero shoes you can't buy them here but if you head up to Broomfield out of their offices they do sell them and I'm sure that was totally fine with management that you're turning away money and sending people up here well it got when it got really rough that way and it didn't get really rough I mean I was just I was just honest and, I, and my, my managers at that point they valued what I brought to the floor and to the rest of the team and all those concepts enough that they were willing to give me some slack but there were times like we did have a minimal shoe on the wall um, it was the minimus wasn't it? well it was the minimus but at that point I think it already had moved away from being a truly minimal shoe to having a four mil drop yeah 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 um, there was another one by a, a company that starts with M that's oh um, I'll look I'll say that it was Merrill so they, yeah. had, well, they had like the trail block whatnot, which I could never get on my feet they were too narrow for my feet yeah well and, and we would sell those and basically I would say okay this is what we have in that range if you want a good one you need to go up to, <laughs> up to zero <laughs> I'm not going to argue, but okay. <laughs> and and I would and I would I was honest with customers. I was like, if you want something that's going to be more durable, if you want something that actually truly embodies all of these principles, that doesn't like start tacking in this art stuff or do this right. weird shape, you know, some of these factors, this is where you want to go get it. And so I'd be sending customers up here on the regular when they, and they a lot of them would be coming in looking for something like that. Right. And so I kept telling REI buyers, we have customers who are. Oh, I just said the name of, of said company. <laughs> it's not like no one figured it out. <laughs> now, but. Yeah. And again, this is one of our favorite uh, retail partners. Yeah. Um, we've been having a great relationship with them. They In two, 2019, were you still there? Yeah. 2019, they picked up the Z-Trail um, kind of as a test. And within eight weeks, we're like, hey, can we buy the remainder of your inventory? And it was like, no, we actually. 
actually need to sell some of that stuff. But um, And I know that in the Boulder store, they were selling out of it before they even knew they had it. Mm-hmm. People were walking in asking. Yeah. And uh, um, and then Elena and I, uh, we walked in, and we were looking for it, looking for it. We said, and we actually said, do you know where the zero shoes are? And the guy said, oh, you're looking for zero drop shoes? Like, no, no, zero shoes. He goes, yeah, I don't think we have those. And then we turned around, and we were on an end cap. We just had a whole wall, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and the people on the floor didn't even know. Yeah. So... Yeah, they, and, and which, again, it's... Then, very different now. Yeah, but, very different now. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Uh, where was I? <laughs> uh, you're still... You're rec- I mean, oh. you had a couple of things. You're still pointing people to us. You're there oh. for 2019. And, yeah, and, and so, but all these conversations having to start... And I'm having to start rethinking how I go about doing my entire footwear selling process because I can't just, like, keep putting people in the same stuff and feel good about it. Right. And so I, I actually got to a point where when people would come in and they'd have some sort of issue or problem, you know, they'd be complaining about something that's bothering them this way or that way or the other way, my, my standard response became, all right, I would ask, are you training for something right now? And if the answer was yes, I was like, let's just try and like resolve the problem for this race and then come back and talk to me when you're done and we'll try and find a long-term solution. Yeah, yeah. Um, or then I would ask, then the other question I would ask is if, if they weren't, or training for something at the moment, I'd say, all right, do you want a Band-Aid or do you want to move towards something that will actually resolve the issue? Clever. And um, it's begging the question, but I assume most people would say, let's resolve it. Actually, no. Most people were like, like, they're they're all Americans. They all are like, (laughs) I want the quick fix. I want to walk out of here today. I don't want to have to take time to adapt to something or or experience something different. So a lot of people would be like, no, I want to just make me feel better right now. Right. Fascinating. Yeah. And but but a number of people would be like, all right, let's talk about this some more. Let's figure these things out, and we'd start talking about gait and adapting gait, and we'd start talking about um, some of the biomechanics that way, and, and some of the shifts and some of the things that are involved in a, in a shift from a traditional shoe, which is going to force that heel impact to something a little more, you know, more midfoot, that kind of thing, and so how you land and how you move, knees over toe, all those kinds of things. During, during this process, were there uh, representatives from? Tro- Normal. I don't want to say normal. Typical shoe companies coming in and pitching you on what they're doing and how to sell their stuff all the time. And that's where you learn most. Uh, if you're not learning from somebody at your store or yeah. from something sent down through the company, you're learning from the manufacturers and the pe- their representatives that they send in. So there's always clinics going on, and and people will come in and they'll talk about the new line and the new product and who it's for and qualifying customers and and all of these different pieces and and run through sales exercises and all that sort of stuff. So they're teaching you how to. Regurgitate what they're believing. Exactly. And was there any time? And I'm assuming it was consistent with what you had learned to begin. Oh with. yeah, yeah. And was there any time um, after you started kind of getting uh, questioning the whole everything they were saying? That did you ever say anything, or did you just like listen politely and walk out, or have that? I imagine that would have been odd. Usually, I listened politely and, and was you know sort of kind that way. But then you know I'd be wearing my zeros, and so it would kick on questions and, and start. You know, that might spark a conversation on occasion right. where we would talk about it. And I'd, I'd talk about sort of my experience that way and, and some of the shift that had happened. And just try and well, drop a little yeah, cognitive well, dissonance. Very well, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah they very just open flew over. They, they decided to take their, their donuts or bagels or whatever they brought in back. <laughs> Only round things with holes. That's the requirement is round whole food. Yes. That makes and sense. coffee. Because, you know, you bring salespeople coffee and they're going to sell your shoes. Wow. That is amazing. So and were you getting... 
Were you getting um, uh, any special promotion things? I mean, were they doing anything to try to motivate you to sell a particular shoe as well? Sometimes, uh, not in the shoe department so much, because there's a limit on how much an employee can give me in sort of like a gift format. So sometimes it would be like a raffle kind of deal where you could win a pair of shoes or, or something like that, but nothing promotional. Like, if you sell this many, you will... You will yeah, get, we'll get you know, yeah, 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 none of that sort of stuff. Got it. Um, other other parts of the store where they had stuff that was like it was like less than fifty bucks. Right. They could they could do that, and so I I now have a massive collection of headlamps <laughs> because our store always won the headlamp competition. Have you not heard of eBay? <laughs> I mean, that's what I do with my shoes. When I got into this, I sold everything on eBay, and I I will admit I felt guilty doing it. Because why am I selling shoes that I think are bad for people to someone, and then I got the fifty bucks or yeah, it was made up for it. Or me get the hiccups all of a sudden. So, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. I literally can't imagine. I get what you're saying, and I can see how you could, in a certain sense, compartmentalize these ideas. But man, that, I'd have a hard time doing that. Well, and it became increasingly difficult as time went on. It became it became more and more difficult. And the more I understood, and the more I knew, and the better I felt. And like when I went and I ran a I did a Spartan Ultra, so it's a, a sixty or a fifty k sixty obstacle race. I love sixty obstacles. I hate the anything with the K at the end. That's way <laughs> too far for me. If I could just do the obstacles, it was like remember you're not old enough for this. I don't think. Do you remember um, uh, um, Network Battle of the Stars? No. It was basically just all bunch of celebrities doing like obstacle course things and basically like a Spartan race without the running. Yeah. And uh, But there was also team things. So it was um, um, tug of war and other crazy things. As a kid, I was thinking, I want to become famous just so I could be on that show. Yeah. They need to redo that show. So anyway, <laughs> so you're having a fine time. Uh, so, but at this race, I did oh, yeah. this race. And so longer than that marathon that I had run. Right. A year and a half before, 11 months after I'd put on zero shoes for the first time, I ran it in a pair of Terraflexes, and I... Hair up over your head? Yep, there we go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, uh, I popped up the next morning, body felt great, you know, I threw on some clothes and went day drinking with friends. <laughs> Which is exactly what you want to do the day after you drain every bit of nutrient out of your body. Yeah, I can see that. Um, all right, so again, so it's getting more and more difficult. And it was there a point where you just went, I, I, I can't do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, it landed at a spot where it was like, it, yeah, it was too much of a, like an internal conflict, putting stuff into, into people, into products that I didn't believe in right. and that I, I didn't, you know, was, was not. I just didn't feel good about what I was doing that yeah. way. And there was, a, it was some other factors. That, I mean, it was just all sort of compounded at once. And I was just like, all right, is zero hiring for anything? <laughs> anything. <laughs> <laughs> we had you cleaning bathrooms. Is that what it was? That's what it was, yeah. yeah. I was given a little tiny toothbrush. And <laughs> no, I mean, we, we, most people start on the customer service yeah. side because they just need to understand how to deal with people yeah. and our products. Since, like you said, you know, a lot of people with the idea of something that would actually be beneficial, they're like, eh, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, they, people have ideas about what they think is valuable. Um, they just haven't, and they keep trying the same thing over and over and looking for a different version of that same thing. Mm -hmm. So to learn how to talk to people about it being very different, it's a whole different story. Yeah. Um, is there anything else about the whole, you know, care and feeding of a shoe salesperson that would surprise people or shock them or infuriate them that we left out? Um, no, because I, I touched on, like, literally there were days where people brought us coffee. And it's like, if we're going to bring out it, like, people would often say, hey, 
asked for a recommendation, and so we, you know, recommend a couple of shoes and be like, oh, I want to bring a third thing just so there's a little more variety in the field. There were literally days I was like, all right, this brand brought me coffee this morning. I'm bringing one of their shoes out now. It's a, there's a, a guy, I think he's at Arizona State University, named um, Shell Downey. He's a cognitive psychologist, and he talks about um, reciprocation. Mm-hmm. You give somebody something, they feel obligated to give you something back, and that little thing you give them can be a little thing. Mm-hmm. It's really shocking how effective that is on human beings. You know, we feel guilty if we don't do something because we just got a donut or a cup of coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah. I've, um, I, I am known for being immune to things like that. There's a variation on a theme, actually. Uh, Lane and I were in Hawaii uh, right before we got married. This right, actually, it was right after 9-11, like two weeks after 9-11, for a friend's wedding. And all the, the uh, hotels, all the restaurants were empty. Mm-hmm. And so we went into this five-star restaurant for a brunch, and I go to get an omelet made, and there's a guy, uh, the omelet guy has a thing of caviar right next to him. And I made a comment about the caviar being right there. And he said, yeah, they moved it uh, here because when it was just with the other seafood on the buffet area, people would take like tons of caviar, but they put it next to me and they feel really self-conscious and they don't do that. And I grab a spoon, I go, yeah, I don't have that issue. (laughs) (laughs) I just want the caviar. (laughs) I can totally see that. Um, I think it's probably the other thing to talk about would be be the, the response because everybody's trained in a certain way of thinking about all this stuff. So I remember one day I had um, this super fit young woman come in. Um, she was getting ready to go to Vietnam, and she was going to be backpacking through Vietnam. And so she wanted something super light, super pliable, easy to move. You know, people kept putting her in like something. boots and, and shoes that were clunky and had all these soles. It's just like this just doesn't feel good. This hurts my feet. I don't like this. And so I came in and was just talking and listening to her. And she's like, you know, she's this like ultimate yogi kind of like. And she's like, I, I hate shoes and, and running through all this stuff. And I finally was like, um, okay, this goes against everything I have been trained and told and suggested I should do right now. But let me go grab you something. And at the time, we had some, some people barefoots in their, their trail running shoes. Right. And so I brought her a pair of those. She put them on. And she was like, this is it. Like that. Right. And off she went. And the manager watched her heading out with a pair of those and she was like what on earth are you doing she's gonna go and, and it but it was like the cycle of she's gonna injure herself she's gonna do this she's gonna do that it's, and i was like it's the only thing that was working for her right and so i'm gonna trust that she knows her body enough to know what it can do and can't do um sure. she was like did you ever hear from her i never did i wish i had some follow-up that was one i really wish i had some follow-up on yeah that'd be a good one um, yeah that would have made the story good now it's just you're leaving people hanging and it's going to be very disappointing i'm sure she had an absolutely fantastic she died time. yeah <laughs> she died on the trip um, but it was but, but it was in one of those buses that went off and <laughs> Yeah, and she was trying to stop the bus with her feet like Fred Flintstone. We've already been through. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, happily, we've since then, we've just heard from tens of thousands of people who've done things like that in our shoes and Vivo, too, um, and had great times. Yeah. Um, so, so, anything else we left out? I don't think so. Um, and have you, I mean, now, you know, REI has, like, really, really expanded what they're carrying from us. They're having um, great experiences with us. Have you talked to people who you were with back then and seeing what they're, what's happening in their mind? Oh, yeah, I, I go back in. And, and actually, at some level, it had started happening even before I left. Like, my whole Band-Aid analogy, one guy was getting ready to go in to do the training for all the new 
footwear hires is like, I just want to make sure I get this right. So when people come down and do this, then it creates this set of problems and this set of problems and this, and this whole chain effect. So all of these technologies that we build out are just trying to undo the problems we created by this initial raising up the heel. I was like, yep, you got it. And he was like, okay. And so that's what he trained the new employees on. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Uh, I mean, it really is my fantasy and it's what we're working towards is getting people to understand this natural story um, so that it's the it's the counterbalance, not even the counterbalance, it's the thing that pulls the rug out from underneath. This idea of, you know, the 50-year-old intervention of padded mushroom roll, elevated heel, et cetera. And it really is going to start, I don't know if it's going to start, but it, one of the critical components of that is the people on the floor. Because mm-hmm. somebody walks into a store, they don't know what they need, they don't know what they want, they've only seen one thing for 50 years, or as long as they've been alive, mm-hmm. if they're younger than 50. Well, and they, and they maybe have read a, a magazine that reviewed some product, or they've heard from oh, a yeah. friend who said, you've got to try this, this mm-hmm. is the most comfortable thing I've ever worn, right. you know, but but by and large, uh, I, I mean, it's amazing. Anytime we have someone, some people email me and go, hey, I can write articles for you. I go, great, why don't you do that? And they always come back with something saying, well, you need a good support of you with a lot of our support and motion control. It's like, how did you come to that, to write that when you looked at our brand? Mm-hmm. But this is just where people's mind naturally go. Yeah. And in fact, I just added an article today that was talking about, it says the cause of plantar fasciitis is too much running or too being too heavy. It's like, no. That's not it at all. And uh, this whole thing about, I won't get into the whole article, but it's just amazing to me how so deeply ingrained these things are, these ideas that shoe companies have given us, that people who then go out and do research will still bump into these old stories and repeat them as if they're true. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing we're trying to trying to eradicate, and obviously now you're here helping do that. Yeah. So... Um, I can't think of anything else. I'll say it this way. If anyone else has any questions um, or wants to hear more from Joe, um, yeah, they can drop you an email. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Tell them, tell them your email. Go ahead. Yeah. Joe at zeroshoes.com. Yeah, that was easy enough. So, dude, thank you so much, A, for the story, because we haven't really done this, even though, I mean, I knew the gist of it, but not all the details, which makes me want to scream. Um, but, uh, but that was a total pleasure. And, uh, and of course, a pleasure having oh, you here. even better. Oh, now what? One last best thing of the group. Okay. So the guy that originally trained me in all this stuff sent me a message like a month ago saying, "Um, is Zero hiring? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No. Oh, my God. Did you not tell me this? Did you tell me this? I did tell you this. That's actually sparked this whole conversation. What did I do with that information? Did I say anything? We were following up on a couple possibilities, so I don't know where it's gone since then, but we'll all... Yes, yeah. we will. Oh, that's hysterical. So it, just his process over time and his evolution as he's discovered moving for Perfect. himself, he's gone in the same the same place. Brilliant. I mean, this really is the answer to what it's going to take is people who just, they hear enough, they, they get curious, they try it, they have the experience, and once you have the experience, it's all over. Yeah. So awesome. Um, once again, thank you, thank you. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone else, thank you. Um, if you have any questions or want to follow up with Joe, you know how to find Joe. If you want to find more on our end, once again, go to www jointhemovementmovement.com find all the previous episodes, all the places you can find the podcast, pretty much everywhere you find podcasts um, and all the ways you can interact with us on social media, on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, etc, etc if you have any questions for me or recommendations, people you think should be on the show um, including people who think I have rectal cranial reorientation syndrome I'm happy to have that conversation with people who think I'm completely full of it just drop me an email, move, M-O-V-E at jointhemovementmovement.com if you want to find some great shoes like Joe's been talking about, like I've been talking about, they're behind me. Zeroshoes.com, xeroshoes.com. If your computer accidentally types in Z-E-R-O, it'll still get to us. But most importantly, just go out, have fun, and live life feet first.